Welcome to the Transform Your Wealth and Health podcast, where experts in wealth, health, and fitness help transform your life. Here's your host, Andy Arder. He's a five times best-selling author, three times world record holder. He owns multiple successful companies and he owns and manages 850 houses. It's a disruptive entrepreneur himself, Rob Moore. Rob, how are we doing? Good, Andy. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Rob, it's absolute pleasure. The new North London, as you call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the real North London, by the way, and we came out to the new North mm. London, so we had a great journey. Great. Okay. So, Rob, you do so much, and we wanted to know how you got started. Uh, so, my dad always um, was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Americans have a new word for it now, don't they? Hustler. hustler. Uh, and he, if, <laughs> if there ever is someone on the planet that's a hustler, it was my dad. Yeah. He was had big wedges of money in his pocket. He'd buy hotels, pubs, bars, clubs. He's absolutely brilliant at starting businesses up. And that's how I grew up. I grew up working in the pub. I was bottling up when I was five years old. He'd always pay me pocket money. And it, uh, he really got me into the work ethic. Yeah. Uh, and then I got stuck in the school system, which I, I'm not against the school system, mm. but I didn't want to be a, an architect, a doctor, a dentist, mm. a lawyer. I wanted to be an entrepreneur like my dad. And they didn't teach that in the school. Mm. So when I was in the school system, I kind of lost my way. Um, and I got involved in just going out and drinking and having fun. And then all of a sudden I woke up. I'm 25 years old. I'm working in my dad's pub, earning a couple of hundred quid a week with a load of debt from university, probably 40 or 50 grand's worth of debt wow. going nowhere. Uh, and then um, my dad was probably in his mid fifties uh, when it, he sort of got his life got the hardest. So mum and dad had worked in the pubs and hotels and bars and clubs right. uh, for thirty five years. Uh, they, my dad worked every birthday, every Christmas, his yeah. and mine. Christmas Day, we used to work every Christmas Day, uh, and um, it took this toll on him. Mm. Um, the smoking ban really hurt his business. Yeah. When you could, um, when everyone got Sky TV and you could just go and watch sport at home. Yeah. When um, Tesco and everyone started selling really cheap booze, all these events really hit the pub trade, mm. the restaurant trade. Um, you know, most people don't really go to pubs anymore. There's pubs, bars, bistros, hotels. There's loads of, yeah. um, you know, sort of niches now. Um, and on December the 15th, 2005, my dad had a massive nervous breakdown in his pub, just mm-hmm. completely melted down in front of all his staff, uh, which was me, my mum, my sister, and then a few people that worked in the restaurant. 60 or 70 of his best customers in a full pub, one o'clock on a Sunday lunchtime. It proper, like, um, got quite, um, it was quite upsetting. The mm-hmm. police got called. Mm-hmm. They sectioned him. They beat him up in the outside of the pub in front of me, my mum, uh, my sister, the staff. Um, not that the police necessarily did anything wrong. Dad was in a bad place and mm-hmm. was quite aggressive. Getcha. Yeah. Um, and I remember being outside the pub, um, freezing. It was like minus two, uh, watching this all happen. Them like tying him up basically and chucking him in the back of a police van. Mm-hmm. And it's like my all the failures in my life kind of flashed before me, and I just felt like shame. Mm. because my dad had put me through school, put me through university, paid for university, paid for my student accommodation. He always gave me everything I needed when I wanted to be a golf pro. He paid for all my gear and equipment, even though I never really tried hard. And I was just lazy. And I guess I was a bit spoiled, probably. Not Mm. my mum and dad's fault, but it's probably too easy for me. Mm. I felt immense shame and I felt like quite responsible for... Um, the hardship my mum and dad had put themselves through. My dad always struggled every year to get to make make the school fees. He put me through private school, and I felt and all of that just came 
to me. Yeah. Um, you know, probably over those few weeks, it wasn't like it was a flash, but it's not like a film. But, you know, over those few weeks, I just really went inside myself. Um, and the worst thing about that was December the 15th is my dad's birthday, and that happened on his birthday. Oh. Um, and, mm. um, but it really woke me the heck up. Yeah. And I started searching. What can I do off my own back? I need to get out of the pub, not mm. for... To, you know, because I want to get out of the pub, but because I want to do something for myself. I need to sh- show my parents I've got something about me. I need to make them proud. I need to stand on my own two feet. I need to stop being, you know, like sponging off them. Um, I started my own art business because I was good at art. I did that for two or three years. And whilst I didn't make a lot of money out of it, in fact, I got myself in a bit more debt. It was the like stepping stone for me to working for myself. Uh, so it was good in a lot of ways. It gave me some freedom. It got, you know, got, it got me into that creative side. Uh, and then I met Mark Homer at a random business networking event. Yeah. Um, I just went along because some people have been saying you should get into property because everyone was in 2005 and six. I met him. We bought 20 properties in the first year, all with his money. 30 in the next year, all with his money, his mum's money, my mum's money, my uncle's money, you know, Mark's stepdad's money. We were doing joint ventures and borrowing money for properties and we got 50 properties in two years. Um, and then I was going. And like, I felt like finally, 27 years in, 25 years either coasting or letting myself and my family down mm. now i had a bigger reason why because of what had happened to my dad yeah uh, i felt like i was finally doing something with mm. my life property's been great for me um i became a millionaire between the age of 30 and 31 now i always wanted to be one when i was a kid but never had any resources or tools or knowledge mm-hmm. um and then you know when i found a good business model and when i had some motivation and drive um, it's amazing what you can get done. Mm. Um, probably the, mo- the most proud moment of my life was my dad's 65th birthday. Um, no, his 70th birthday. He's 75 now, so his 70th birthday. I bought him a brand new Mercedes and I took him up in the helicopter. Um, and he always wanted to be a pilot. And he, he used to be an aircraft engineer mm. before the pub, before he met mum. And uh, so to be able to take him up in the helicopter... Uh, buy him a Mercedes I gave him my house he helped me buy my first house when I was in my 20s and I I gave it to him him and my mum live in that house today and Mm -hmm. I've paid it off for them Uh, that's uh, really for me that's the best thing about becoming a millionaire Mm -hmm. or becoming a property investor or a business person Uh, I've got a really close relationship with my parents I see them all the time Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know yeah people know I like money and business but for me it's also about um, family. Well, well, it's funny you should say that, Rob, because you touched on mental health there. One of the things we talk about on the podcast, because all the expert athletes that we get on the show as well, the, you know, we've had world champions and we've had um, people that are British champions and, and World Cup winners. Those people all say that the mental health part of it has got to come first. That's the most important thing. And it's, it's, it's unusual there that you should talk about it because not everyone wants to talk about it. I try to encourage more and more people because most families nowadays will have had somebody in some way, shape or form that suffered from mental health. So glad that you've actually touched on it. I know you've touched on it on your, your podcast previously. Mm. So I always find it an emotive subject, but it's personal and it, in, everybody suffered in, in their own different ways. And if it's not them, it will be one of the family members. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Mm. Um, something that you're likely to get into more in the future? Uh, you know, talking about yeah. openly about um, mental health was not something I ever intended to do. Mm-hmm. Um, my I perceive my job as helping entrepreneurs start businesses people who want to be successful in whatever they do yeah 
uh, f helping them solve their problems and growing and mm. whether they want to make money or whether they want freedom or they yeah. want balance or they want a brand or whatever I see that as my job yeah um, and having helped hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs it started in property years ago but now it's more general I, I have with all the messages I get um, someone sent me a message three days ago he said Rob I watch your content and I follow it and you really inspire me uh, my daughter just died and what your work has helped me get through it it's and powerful that, stuff yeah. that really really moves me yeah so um you know, with my dad, he was diagnosed with bipolar. He does have a diagnosis of mental health problems. Mm -hmm. I know my personality is a lot like my dad. So I'm quite an extreme personality. So I know that, you know, like there's a lot of ways to look at my dad and go, eh, that's going to be me in 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm gonna, I, do, I do try and do things to take care a bit more of my mental health because I'm quite relentless and on it. I, yeah. I beat myself up a lot. Um, so... I've done a lot of commentary on dealing with the comparing yourself to other people, the feeling of emptiness, uh, uh, being alone, um, you know, the pressure, because so many entrepreneurs have reached out and said, hey, look, these are the, the real challenges of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's not going to be something I'm going to focus on solely. It's mm -hmm. just going to be something that um, if there's content I can put out there that can help people. Because I think the other side of that is that, uh, it's very easy to label yourself something you're not. You know, and there's a big difference between having mental health problems and just being an entrepreneur dealing with the usual day-to-day -day yeah. shit that happens. Yeah. You know, and I don't want people to start labelling themselves too quickly. Most of the people that I know that have suffered in one way, shape or form have ended up recovering. You know, mm. even, even people like, you know, Frank Bruno, for example. Yeah. Um, Frank's had his bouts of uh, various different uh, mental health issues, but Frank's recovered in... in as far as I'm aware, in, in most of the ways, and uh, he, he carries on a, a very normal life, and most people obviously do. But I thought it'd be good to touch upon it, Rob, because before you can get the other types of um, physical health going, you've got to get your mental health right. Mm. So, and I know you're, you're just about to undertake more of a fitness regime, can I, do I understand? Yeah, yeah, so, uh do you want me to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, that, go yeah, go for it, yeah. So for me, uh, the key to, I suppose, uh, what people might deem a balanced life or a happy life mm -hmm. um, is based on meeting your own values. And my highest values are growth and progress. Yeah. Um, and for people that know me, that explains why I don't like holidays. I don't like weeks doing nothing because if I don't feel like I'm growing, then I feel like I'm decaying. Uh, so I have to always find new ways keep, to keep myself interested, excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to challenge myself, disrupt myself. And for me, comfort, it, it becomes an enemy. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to you before we went live, how I've retired, started again, retired, <laughs> started again, semi-retired, retired, started again, semi-retired. And um, I did, it was my birthday, it was my 40th birthday a couple of days ago. And I just did this new launch campaign and uh, I've, I've set up a mastermind for 40 people wow. and I had 240 applications and I have been on the phone nonstop for two and a half days, just all weekend <laughs> on my birthday. I'm surprised you got the a voice phone. left. Before. Well, hardly, yeah. Uh, and so I'm thinking, I've just completely disrupted myself. Aren't on your birthday, aren't you supposed to be relaxing and that? Yeah. And I've probably done, you know, 120 15, 20, 30 minute calls that's in that a lot. time. Yeah. But for me, that's exciting. I said to my wife, you know, this is exciting. I feel alive. Um, so I think, you know, your, 
this health kick I've done is um, I, I, I've got uh, previous issues with weight. I used to be really overweight mm-hmm. um, and I've got quite a lot of baggage around food. I eat with a lot of guilt, um, even though I'm slim and I've been slim for, well, since I was 14 years old, I've yeah. been slim. Um, but I still carry all the baggage of being overweight yeah. and there's a lot of guilt when I eat bad food. Mm. And I, I like, if I get up to a 34 inch waist for, for me, that's cause I'm naturally about a 32, 33 now. So mm. if I get to a 34, I'm like, okay, I feel awful. I feel unfit. Um, but for me to, to get any kind of result, mm-hmm. wealth, health, um, progress, whatever, it's about, um, inspiration motivation and accountability and I think you need to have them all for me the inspiration was um, you know it's a new year I'm 40 I want to make some changes and a lot of people are like oh midlife crisis well yeah maybe I'm having a midlife crisis but uh, if I get fit and um, healthy and happy and wealthy in the process then you know that's my that's my midlife crisis that's fine how about that Um, yeah so that's the inspiration and the motivation is getting off your backside and doing it uh, and then the accountability is not just doing it for a week. Mm. Um, so the accountability, I just put a Facebook post. Like, I'm quite lucky. I've got quite a lot of followers now. Um, so I put a little Facebook post up saying, hey, look, I've come back from Dubai. I've put on four kilos. It's a bit scary for me. I want to do like a little health group. Who's up for having a seven-week challenge? Because mm. I'm going um, to um, Europe, in Europe, a hot country in seven weeks' time. And my, my kids are desperately wanting me to go swimming with them, but I, I just don't do it. It's just not a thing I do. And I thought, well, you know what? Let's have it. Um, and I had 120 people wanted to do this fitness challenge with them. I'm like, whoa. So I thought, let's get serious. My, um, accountability even more. So I said, right, if you're serious, put 500 quid in my mum's bank account, just in case they didn't trust me to run off with the money. And 19 people put 500 quid in my mum's bank account we've got a whatsapp group and we've got a seven week fitness challenge a body transformation Uh, and it's the best thing I've done this year Um, I lost 3.7 kilos in the first week well done Um, and I'm going down the gym after this I've been doing my calls on the the cross trainer Mm -hmm. and as much as losing set of 3.7 kilos, I feel like I'm starting the year well. I feel like I'm making progress. I'm a lot happier because of it. I'm more motivated. Um, and so, you know, I think health and wealth is about inspiration, motivation, and accountability. Yeah. How, do, how do you do so much at the same time? Um, I'll have 75, 80 staff in the offices mm-hmm. um, around here. So that helps. So I, yeah. I, I like to try and keep them busy. In the new North London, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty good at leveraging. You know, uh, what's the point in having a lot of people in your team and doing all the work yourself? So I have no problem leveraging and getting other people who are better than me, who have more time than me or who I pay or who enjoy doing tasks that I either can't do, I'm rubbish at, I'd mess up, or I shouldn't be doing because they're non-income generating for me. Mm -hmm. So the perception is I get a lot done, but I just have a team, um, you know, who I get to help me along the way. Um, And also I like variety in my life. Some people are very consistent, they like individual things. I like having a few plates spinning. I like feeling like I've got a lot going on. It's exciting to me. And of course it makes me susceptible um, to sometimes being overwhelmed. Sometimes being frustrated that there's too much on. I said to you when we, before we started, I've got a lot on and it's all self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. It's, every time I'm completely overwhelmed, I know it's all self-inflicted. But there's that fine line. You know, they say though there's a fine line between genius and insanity. There's a fine line between everything. There's a fine line 
between um, good marketing and spamming. Mm. You know, there's a fine line uh, between um, having enough on to feel like you're getting stuff done and progressing and then having too much on that you're overwhelmed and you're stressed. Mm. And for me, it's, it's, you know, like I do blur those lines. I'm not always in perfect equilibrium. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a fine line between leveraging so much that you end up getting really comfortable. Uh, I've really disrupted my life since I turned 40, which was only a few days ago, mm. because I just felt um, I always wanted to have a business where I didn't have to be in the business or I could systemize it. I could retire young and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for me, the irony was once I retired young, I retired first in my late 20s, then my early 30s and my mid 30s, I realized that retirement wasn't what I wanted. It was choice. Um, it was autonomy. Um, and then every time I retired, I filled it with something else. If, every time I finished one book, I wanted to write another book and another book. Um, and so there's a lot of self-discovery in your pursuit of wealth yeah. uh, and your pursuit of you know, growing a business and scaling it and getting, mm. and getting out of it. I'd love, people who, <clears throat> I'd love people who are listening to the show to take on board the kind of things that people like yourself say because I want people to grow. And, and this is the thing. So it's me coming from the uh, Tottenham's largest council estate, seven of us living in a free bed. So I used to room with my sister. Um, we was in bunk beds. And then I progressed and I had my own room, which is only like a, a, an eight foot by eight foot room. I've seen cells bigger. <laughs> but the thing being, it was my own room. So it was progression. And then, you know, studio, studio flat, three bedroom house, all of a sudden we're cooking, you know. But then it moves on, six bedroom house, seven bedroom in the celebrity village. But it's not what I'm about. I'm not about, I'm still the guy from Tottenham. So I still see the people's struggles that they have on a day-to-day -day basis. And I've got plenty myself, don't get me wrong. But I like to help other people as much as I can. I know you do too, Rob. You know, as much as you might be making good money doing what you're doing, you certainly help a lot of people as well. So I want to thank you personally for that because you've thank given you. me a lot of inspiration too and a lot of people that I know. But what's your main purpose in life nowadays? I know you've got a lot of projects on the go for the future. Um, so for me, my uh, purpose, my higher purpose in life is to help as many people on the planet um, get better financial education, set up their enterprises, entrepreneur, intrapreneur or empire builder. They're the three mm -hmm. types um, that I'm best to work with. Obviously, I employ a lot of people, but I, I'm not really of the employee mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and then therefore to help them scale their um, wealth. Um, I feel like there's really bad education and stereotype stigmas attached to money and wealth building. Mm -hmm. It's funny, you know, when, when we do some posts and some ads to the wider market, say on Facebook, i.e. not the entrepreneurs and not the people who are into self-development, there is so much vitriol towards wealthy people, yeah. millionaires, millionaires, yeah. all of that. And, and this, uh, the stuff people say about, oh, the country is in ruin and, you know, all these millionaires and billionaires and big companies screwing everyone over and, you know, um, not paying any tax. And actually, it's, yes, there's a lot of emotion, but it's just fundamentally really bad education. You know, people look at one uh, form of tax, which is corporation tax. Most companies are going to try and pay less corporation tax. Mm. Um, any employee watching this who then uh, set up as an entrepreneur would want to reduce their corporation tax if they could. So you yeah. can't blame Amazon and Google for doing that with legitimate strategies. Mm. Now, if they go ab ab above the law, then it's up to the law to control them. That's a capitalist yeah. society. You yeah. need the regulation in place and that will always move. Um, but any entrepreneur and any business owner, they, 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 in, in the UK, there's VAT charged on nearly all income. 
then of course there's corporation tax which we're trying to get down but there's national insurance there's employers mm. and employees national insurance yeah. there's business rates yeah. there's personal income tax there's all manner of taxes that are paid from a business yeah. um and uh, people don't have that education i'm not here going, i'm not here slamming anyone or criticizing people i just think there's a fundamental lack of education mm. around money and finances yeah not blaming anyone not blaming the school system because the school system does a lot of things right and you know there's a, there's a lot of great good things going on in the world um like i send my kids to a private school it's a brilliant school but uh, around financial education entrepreneurship enterprise business in the traditional system bad education and not a lot of knowledge and that's what I want to help people do. So I wrote the yeah. book Money. I wrote my book Life Leverage. I set up my um, foundation, the Rob Moore Foundation. That is my personal purpose in life. I mean, I want to be a great dad. I want to be a great husband. Um, I want to be um, someone who helps a lot of people. Um, but my greater purpose is to, to educate as many people on the globe as possible around mm-hmm. that. Okay. Well, who's inspired you along the way? Um, anyone who wants a better life and is prepared to take a risk uh, and who gets himself uncomfortable and who makes changes that, you know, maybe they previously thought they couldn't or struggled but did something good or wants to help people. You, you know, I'm inspired by a lot of people. Um, I watch a lot of autobi- autobiographical documentaries because I think that everyone is inspiring in, in so much that everyone has got skills and talents that are unique to them now i could say arnold schwarzenegger because obviously he's an, an amazing bodybuilder yeah. uh, he became one of the highest paid if not the highest paid actors in the world then he got into of course politics and was very successful and now yeah. he's making a big campaign for global and climate change and saving the planet and there are four areas of life which he has mastered and i greatly admire that I love yeah. his um, autobiography total recall yeah so of course there are many people like that that inspire me but I think we've got to be careful not to pedestalize or to only be inspired by those kind of people um, because everyone has struggles, everyone has challenges, everyone's great at their own unique skills and talents. Mm. Um, and I think we can learn from everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I um, think we should be wise enough to try and learn from everyone. I did watch a documentary recently which just came out on um, Alexander McQueen, oh, right. um, the fashion yeah. designer. Yes, and he, he, um, he hung himself at 40. Quite sad. Yeah. And I watched it literally two days before I was 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that moved me, that documentary, because mm-hmm. I think that we're all struggling with some of the demons that we have. You know, there's a darker side to humanity and to life. And sometimes I think I'm so protected on that living in the best street in Peterborough and mm. driving Lamborghinis and Porsches and Ferraris. Mm. And, you know, my kids go to private school. And on the one hand, I know I freaking well earned that. And mm. I know that, you know, I deserve that. But on the other hand, I think I live a sheltered life. Yeah. I was talking to one of my friends who owns a boxing gym. And his wife was just out in the front garden doing the garden. And seven or eight kids just jumped them and they all got into a fight. And I was just thinking, that stuff doesn't happen on my street. And mm, I realised mm. I've got, I'm, a, I'm yeah. lucky, you know, and I live a very sheltered life. And I've got to keep that all in perspective. And of course, so balancing that darker yeah. side of humanity, but trying to show the world our gifts and talents and trying to do the things that our heart calls us to do um, and to show our um, creativity and inspire others and monetize it mm. and turn that into a business. Mm. That's all the things that we're trying to juggle. Well, it's funny you should say about uh, coming from the right, the right place, Rob, in Peterborough, because uh, obviously Tottenham's known for some of the riots that it's had and that, that's where I was from. And back in the 80s, 
There was the um, 1985, we had the big one, which was uh, the Broadwater to Farm Riots, where Keith Blakelock was, uh, was killed, PC Keith Blakelock. And I listened that night, which is only literally half a mile up the road from my house, all the police cars coming by, I could see the flames and the trouble in the distance. And um, of course, you know, that, that tension in the air and at the school that I went to, I went to Tottenham School, people were individually suffering from these kind of things happening in the area. And there was three other riots, of which two of them I was right in the middle of. I didn't want to be, but if you're living in the wrong area at the wrong time, you are going to be. And um, there was obviously then the 2011 riots, which sparked riots across the whole country. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You, you're coming from where you've come from. I've seen the other side of it as well. So, you know, I know what you're talking about. If I could just jump in there, though, I don't want anyone to use that as an excuse mm-hmm. um, because it's easy to say, oh, I was, you know, raised in a difficult area. Uh, there's so many immigrants who are highly successful yes. um, and often people who come from a harder upbringing they become yep. very successful it's very re- relative Be- as yeah, well because yeah because if they had, had the motivation and drive yeah um you know sometimes uh people who are comfortable they find it the hardest people are in the middle you know i was too comfortable up until the age of 25 26 because i i didn't have an amazing gifted life and i didn't have a really hard life what you've got to be careful of i think is the stories you tell yourself uh and you know be careful not to become a victim. Be careful not to say, oh, this happened to me, that happened to me, this wasn't fair, that wasn't fair. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you become a victim, you put yourself out of control of changing the situation. Yeah. I've had some good luck, I've had some bad luck. In, in, in most regards, I regard myself as a very lucky individual who hasn't experienced a lot of hardship that a lot of people have. But in other ways, if I'd have had it a little bit harder at school and when I was young, I might have been more driven to be successful then. So there's upsides and downsides to everything. So I think that the best thing one can do is take control of your situation, make the best of it, see the upsides, not the downsides. Um, and inspiration, motivation, accountability, they're the three, air, the three things that I think we use to become successful. Yeah, sure. Changing tax slightly, Rob, how are you keeping fit? Uh, so I'm not the best person to answer this because I'm not exactly some iron man or anything like that. Okay. Um, I used to do a lot of martial arts. When I was at my fittest, I had a couple of brown belts and a black belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to train twice a day. When I was doing my art, I make, wasn't making much money, but I had a lot of spare time and I was training twice a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, if you can do something that you enjoy and fitness at the same time, that makes it sustainable. So I started my boxing classes again. I um, did eight rounds of... Um, uh, kickboxing pad work uh, a few days ago and then we did two rounds of sparring Mm -hmm. Um, and for me you know like I'm doing something I enjoy rather than just pounding the streets running that I don't enjoy or some people don't enjoy doing weight so if you love CrossFit do CrossFit if you love a certain sport do a certain sport Um, because I know I've been the fittest in my life when I've not just done gym and running or anything like that I'm I'm doing stuff that I enjoy at the same time Uh, but you, you know, it's probably a pretty good time to ask me because obviously I've lost nearly four kilos. I'm not mm. exactly overweight yeah. anyway, um, so I'm trying to get back into my um, kickboxing and martial arts. And um, yeah. I, I tend to get really extreme with things. I'm a bit of an obsessive personality, mm. so I'm trying to be careful here because what I'll end up doing is sparring six times a week for uh, ten rounds. I was going to say that getting an injury, like getting yeah. knocked out, and then I won't go back for two years. So I'm trying to now. I'm forty. I'm trying to yeah. be a little bit more. 
um, balanced and thinking a bit more for the long term because I've been a bit up and down over the years with my training. I was going to say that uh, I thought you might start getting competitive again if you you know start doing the kickboxing. No, no, I will no. not be fighting. No. I'll be sparring, <laughs> light sparring. No, I won't be. I have had a, a couple of um, competitive okay. amateur um, fights, but that was when I was 25 years old. Yeah. Um, I'm 40 years old now, so no, I won't be doing that. <laughs> okay, then, mate. Yeah. Fair enough. Then. So what's your ultimate goal for your fitness then? What are you looking to do? Um, I'm just looking to feel good. And my wife's highest value is uh, security. Uh, and so she's not bothered so much about how I look. Uh, she's more bothered about me staying fit and healthy for a long time so mm. I can be there for the kids and yep. the grandkids. That's good. Um, so I'm not so much obsessed about the six packs and stuff anymore, <laughs> although I've done lots of silly challenges like that. Uh, so for me, do I feel good? You know, do I feel like I'm, I'm cardiovascularly mm. good when I walk and up and down the stairs and things? Yeah. And do I feel good in my clothes? Um, for me, that's what it's all about. And then some longevity. And I know I sound a bit old now, I'm 40 saying that. Um, but, you know, like I took a lot of risks in my youth. Um, and I had not as much fear as I do now, but now I have kids. I have a business that does 15, sometimes nearly 20 million pounds a year. I have hundreds of properties, I have 75, 80 staff. I have a lot to lose now. Mm. And over the last two or three years, I'd say that made me a bit more comfortable, but it also made me a bit more fearful. So I am challenging my 40th year to get a bit more uncomfortable Mm. and do things that push me and make me feel both uncomfortable but also alive yeah um, because I can get whilst I like variety I can get stuck in my routines mm-hmm. and is there anything you change along the way that you've done uh, what you mean in the past yes no I wouldn't change anything I've done I've made loads of mistakes uh, but uh, you know like I don't regret anything I think you know like if there's I can't think of specific things so they couldn't have been that bad I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to screw people over. And we've all hurt people and we've all screwed people over. And let's not be naive to say we haven't. And even if we don't perceive they have, they'll perceive we have. Mm. Um, you know, I've been fired and I perceived that my boss screwed me over and my boss perceived that I screwed him over. Um, I don't want to go around screwing people over and I don't want to go around hurting people. Um, and I'm trying my best not to. But mm. in business, if you don't stick up for yourself and you allow yourself to be bullied, then you're not getting anywhere. So there's mm. that fine balance. So, you know, like if there's anyone out there I've screwed over or upset in a major way, I beg for your forgiveness. <laughs> I was naive and young and stupid. Um, and yeah, so, but, I but you know, like some things that have happened that I could think of, I can't say that I regret. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about the future? What's your goals for the future, Rob? Uh, to keep growing, to keep feeling like I'm progressing, to keep adding more value to the world, um, to keep growing my business. Um, to keep learning, to grow my personal brand and social media reach, to grow my businesses, to buy more properties. For me, it's growth and progress, growth and progress. Yeah. Well, I want to throw a curveball question in as well. So Richard Branson comes along with his Virgin Group and he says, look, Rob, Mark, I love what you're doing down there in Peterborough and I want to buy, I want to buy Progressive. And he, he makes you this offer. It's a crazy offer. You'd be stupid to say no. What's your answer? Okay, so I'm very clear about this. I think a lot about the future of my businesses. Um, 
we've been offered a bit of money for our company, like what a lot of people would deem as a lot of money, tens of millions, mm -hmm. which for, to me is not enough. Yeah. So um, the first thing you have to think about if you're gonna sell your business, because I think this is some important content in this, yeah. is you've got to pay your tax on that. Um, then I've got to divide it by two, uh, because there's Mark, and then I'll have to, um, so you've got, I mean, you might be able to get entrepreneur's relief. You might be able to get the tax down to 10%, but you'll probably pay more and then your income tax and then you halve it with your business partner. You might end up personally with a quarter of mm. the sale price. Yeah. Then you've got to think about how much can I survive on for the rest of my life? And a million is nothing nowadays. And, you know, a mi I found personally uh, enough to live on for the rest of my life and to buy what I wanted when I wanted in, you know, with the current amount of kids and overheads I have, 10 million quid. Right. Um, because 10 million quid, 5% of 10 million quid, 500 grand a year. I can live on 500 grand a year. Um, I could live on less, but you know, I want to have a good life. Mm -hmm. So um, that offer would have to be 50, 100 million at least. Mm -hmm. But then there's other things at play here. So the next thing is, what am I going to do if I sell the company? Um, and if I could, if I had to do nothing for two or three years, because normally you've got to sign a non-compete and you can't go and set up a business in this space. Yep. Well, for me, that's death. Death is doing nothing for two or three years. Now I realize other people that is bliss and paradise, but I know myself. Of course. So I'd have to have a massive offer, net, net, net what I get. I'd have to then be able to go and do something else. Okay. Um, and that's actually a reason why I build my personal brands and I write my books and I have more than one company. Yeah. If I wanted to sell progressive, I could probably still go and do public speaking courses, business courses, because that does property mm. courses. So mm. I've kind of hedged that because you know it would be wise um, if you got a ridiculously high offer to consider it at the very least. Mm -hmm. So actually all options are open, but I think the least likely option is that I'd sell it. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I, I mean, I envisage you saying exactly that, to be honest with you. Yeah. But um, yeah, glad for you to confirm it. Thanks, mm. Rob. That's all right. <laughs> so people that are listening, if they want to move on in their life and improve their wealth and health, have you got any suggestions for them? Things that they could do quickly. Uh, okay, so inspiration. Mm -hmm. Motivation, accountability. Okay. Um, so if you want to improve your wealth and your health, um, get inspired to do so. That might be getting a mentor, that might be reading some books, uh, something that gets you juiced up. Then the motivation is getting out there and going and doing it, maybe booking on a relevant course, um, or maybe trying to get someone to put you in a mastermind session or listen to a load of podcasts, buy a load of audio books, get yourself educated in the gym, in the car, when you're traveling, etc. But the important part is accountability. Because we're, you know, especially as we're doing this new year, my birthday's in new year. Mm -hmm. I'd have been off this. I'd have been already starting to eat bad and, you know, I'm not going to the gym as much. I'm going to the gym straight after this. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I've hired a personal trainer. I've got him booked in at six o'clock. That's because I've got the accountability because the 500 quid went in. There's mm -hmm. 19 people. Yeah. Like to me, you know, the prize money of less than 10 grand is not that motivating. What's motivating is winning or losing against these other 19 people. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would say if people okay. want to transform their wealth and health. Okay. Another quick question for you, Rob. Yep. Um, is there a story you could tell us that might be reasonably personal without actually telling us who the person is of where you've helped someone actually change their life? And I'm sure there's many, but is there one that springs to mind initially? Yeah, um, I'm not one for bragging about sort of personal things I've done. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my property training company, Progressive Property, has helped thousands of people become financially free. Yeah. My, um, 
I do a lot of random anonymous charity donations. Um, one of my friends who I went to school with, um, his son got a serious brain injury and um, he needed like, you know, a, f a five figure sum, so north of 10,000 um, pounds. And I just went on my Facebook page and did a little, um, like a kind of, what would you call it? A, a virgin, um, you know, like if you run the marathon, you set up a, a virgin, I forget the name of it. Okay page that yeah uh, where people just, can donate just, just giving, just giving that's it yeah yeah I, I, I whooped up a just giving page um and i said hey look my friend's son's got an issue donate and then um i it got to a few thousand then i just made it up to the ten thousand, and we got him some proper hospital care and we got him flown over right. and that kind of stuff so yeah. you know using my own money and leveraging the people that that i know mm. um I try and do things like that quite a lot. Mm -hmm. You asked me, so I'm saying, but I don't yeah. really want to sit here listing them all out. There's, I, I feel in my heart like I do a lot of them mm. um, and people who might critique me or hate on me or whatever, um, you know, might not know that, mm. but I don't want to, I don't want to use that as some kind of marketing tool. I just want to, I just want to use my position to help people. Mm -hmm. By the way, I also want to continue to get more wealthy and be successful myself. So I want to do both yeah. and I want there to be a good balance. I help as many people as I can. And I want to also make sure that I'm getting what I need out of my growth. Yeah. You know, because let's be honest, if you make more money next year, it, you feel like you're progressing. That's my highest value. But, you know, it might not be about the money for people watching and listening. That's fine. But do you want next year to feel like you're better or worse? You want to feel like you're better. Mm. And if you made 20% more money, that's part way to feeling better yeah and i want people to feel that you don't have to feel guilt if you want to make more money um as long as we're doing it in an ethical legal and value adding way mm. i don't have any problems with that by no. the way but i know some people out there do yeah. and i've seen some of the comments that it's not just you know yourself i've seen some of the comments mm. that other people in other positions of course yeah will make and it's well, look, if anyone, you know, really has a problem with wealth, just give all your money to me. I, <laughs> I have no problem receiving money. Yeah, sure. Um, from that point of view, I mean, obviously, you haven't lived their life and, and they've got to have their point of view. You can only just tell people, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is how I do it. I expect to make good money, but I like to help people too. And the best place I've found to do that is from a, a position of wealth. So, yeah. yeah, that's the best way yeah, I feel. Yeah, charity starts at home. Exactly. Um, also with wealth, it's not just the monetary side, it's what you learn becoming wealthy. Like, I can't teach people how to become wealthy if I um, earn, you know, a really small wage. Mm. So it's part of my education and my training to teach others too. Um, and a lot of people judge millionaires, billionaires and wealthy people when they've never been wealthy. Mm. Um, and they say, oh, well, every millionaire, billionaire, half of them is, you know, really unhealthy and unhappy and, you know, is a greedy, evil capitalist bastard. Except they haven't hardly really ever met any and all they're doing is projecting out their stereotype. I know a lot of billionaires and even more millionaires. And the reality from my experience is you cannot judge or stereotype a millionaire or billionaire. Mm -hmm. I've not actually met that many quite greedy ones, but there of course are, but I've met greedy people who are skint. Yeah. Uh, but I've met, a, I've got a good friend, um, Neville Wright, who's the most kind, giving, lovely man yeah, you've ever met, and he's we've, worth 100 million. We've had Neville on the show. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. So you great can't guy. put him, if you looked at him, you wouldn't necessarily know he's worth would, like 100 million. You would not. Though. So you can't judge. What you do is you project your own beliefs onto others. So for me, it's like getting humble enough to look at you, 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 millionaire, billionaire, successful martial artist, whatever, and go, what can I learn from you? You know stuff about that. Um, and become the student. 
Uh, and then because when you become the student, you learn how to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're getting towards the end of the show now, Rob. Would you like to tell us, because I know there's multiple ways, the best ways people can get in touch with you if they want to know more about you? Well, probably it's a good place to start because we're listening, well, you're a, this is a podcast. Yes, yes. To follow my podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. If you search Rob Moore, my name, or Rob Moore Progressive, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and all the profiles are Rob Moore or Rob Moore Progressive. Um, and then if you want to get any of my books, just search my name, Rob Moore, on Amazon. I've written a few books. So pretty well discoverable online now with audiobooks, podcasts, books, etc. You're being very modest, Rob. Thanks very much for being on the show. Thanks, Andy. And thanks everyone for tuning in who's watching the video. I hope this podcast gives you inspiration. And if you want to contact me, I'm Andy Arter and it's transformyourwealthandhealth at gmail.com. Thank you.